0: Hey friends, welcome to the Radical Radiance Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I am thrilled to be with you today. I can't wait to introduce you to my new friend, Becky Murray. Becky Murray has to be one of the most incredible people I have ever met. And we have a conversation today all about saying yes to God's plan for your life. And I just don't even have words for how much this conversation meant to me. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But before we get to this conversation, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Shine Bright Journal. The Shine Bright Journal is a free, downloadable, 100 page journal that will walk you through a lot of the things that we talk about around here. How do we radiate the heart of Jesus in our life, in our work, in our relationships? We talk about it all, we unpack all of it through the lens of God's word. You'll have room to journal, pray all the things as you unpack what God is showing you. So I hope you'll go grab it today for free at RadicalRadiance.live. All right. Help me give a big welcome to Becky Murray. Becky, I am so excited that you're here. Thank you for joining me.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, this is going to be so fun. So first of all, I don't think we could have two more different accents, and I <laughs> love it so much. So, so much. I need to hear, uh, tell me where you grew up.
1: Okay, so I'm from the north of England, so an area called Yorkshire. Um, yeah. but my the, Our particular town is such a strong accent that I get asked all over, am I from Scotland, am I from Australia? Um, but it's the strong Yorkshire
0: accent that I cannot shake off. Okay, I it's beautiful. We got on and I was just like I want to listen to her all day long. How long did you live in Yorkshire? York, York Yorkshire? York I can't even say. Yorkshire. It. Yes,
1: okay. So it's spelled it's spelled Yorkshire uh, but it's pronounced Yorkshire and okay. um, lived there my whole my whole life growing up and only moved out of there about 7 years ago. That's um amazing. so I'm a little further down still in England, but a little further down the country now where the, but they speak a little bit more proper. Uh, And so I often get teased almost for my accent. How rude. Um, But yes, I am what
0: I am. (laughs) I love it. And I think it's beautiful. Well, my family lives in what people call the deep South, which is very South in the U S. So we live in Mississippi and um, which is, which is interesting because I grew up in a different state in Tennessee, where it's still a Southern accent, but Mississippi is like the pinnacle of the Southern accent. And so I'm starting (laughs) to pick up pieces of it the longer I live here. (laughs) So anyway, it's always fun to talk about that. Um, Well, Becky, I am, I'm so excited about your story. I, when I got the email about your book and about, um, how you're sharing your story in this message. I just was so excited to talk to you and your book is called embrace the journey. The story that caught my attention and where I'd love to start is this story that you tell of you purchasing a pair of flip-flops and how a little girl named Felicity really kind of changed everything for you. So Mm -hmm. for listeners who have not heard your story, can we start there?
1: Absolutely we can, yes. So um, I was always passionate about missions, uh, well as a le- very little girl very passionate about missions uh, but then in my teen years decided I was going to go and study law, i changed my mind, I didn't want to be a missionary at all, I wanted to go and study law and have lots of money, thank you very much. And, um, But I was on a short-term missions trip with my church just because to be honest I'd wanted to get out and see the world a little bit And it was on a short-term missions trip that for the first time in my life, I felt God speak to me about a children's home. Mm. And so I did a 180 in my life where I came back home from that missions trip. And that was it. All the plans for my life changed. And I I wanted to go into missions. So from that point on, I started doing short-term missions with my local church just to get some experience of, of being out in different fields and different cultural contexts. And in 2006, I was on one such trip to Sierra Leone. It was only, we were there for two weeks. And um, it was on this particular trip where I met these two kids living on the street. Um, But one of them was named Felicity. And she was a nine-year-old girl. And she simply didn't have any shoes. So I took her to the marketplace and bought her a little pink pair of flip-flops that cost Mm. me 50 pence. So that would be less than a dollar, maybe 80 cents, maybe. I don't know. But um, it wasn't some huge act of generosity. It wasn't a moment that made it to Instagram. You know, it was nothing like that. In fact, it was insignificant in the moment or so I thought. And then I said to her, okay, come back tonight. We're doing this huge gospel campaign. Come back this evening and we'll take you with us to the gospel campaign. So the evening comes around and the whole team stood outside. The cars are lining up ready to take us. And she came running down the road. She's got this huge smile on her face because she's wearing shoes and she's never owned shoes before. And so she's all excited. And she said, Becky, should I wait in the hotel? So I said, no, honey, we're literally just about to get in the car you can ride with us. Um, We're about to leave. And she said, yes, but shouldn't I wait in your hotel room? Now, if she'd have asked my husband or any of the guys on the trip that I immediately would have known what she was asking, yeah. But I remember at the time thinking, here's a nine-year-old girl. I was in my very early 20s at the time. And I thought she couldn't possibly be asking me what I think she is. I must have got this wrong. So I asked her a third time, what are you saying? And she explained that she thought I'd spent 50 pence on her so that I could have her body. And she was willing to give it. She thought I deserved it because of the flip-flops. And I remember in this moment looking her and having a child look you in the eyes and think you deserve their body for 50 pence. That broke something very deep inside of me. Yeah. You see, I'd read about children selling their bodies for a bottle of Coke, but nothing can prepare you for the moment a child looks you in the eye and thinks you deserve it. And it just broke me. And I determined right there in that moment, I'd already got this exciting promise of a children's home. But at this point, it was just a dream. It was just a promise. And so if life became hard or challenging, I could lay it down. But then in the moment of meeting Felicity, she became my non-negotiable moment where I knew I had to give my life to this.
0: Yeah, this is off script. If somebody is in one of those moments, you know, you're on the other side of that non-negotiable moment now. But for somebody who's in that or... Maybe they're experiencing God call them into something right now. There, maybe it's maybe it's not Felicity's story, but maybe it's another area of deep need, whether it's spiritual or physical. <clears throat> what advice or wisdom would you want to share with them on the other side of your moment like that? To trust
1: God, yeah. because I think sometimes God asks things of us, or we feel called in a certain area. But then we we do what Moses did. When God called Moses, he immediately looked at himself and all that he was not. And I often look at myself and I see everything that I'm not. I'm not, you know, not the greatest speaker in the world. I'm not the got the ISQ in the world. I don't come from a wealthy family. I don't come from an influential family. I've got the wrong accent. You know, everything about it, we see why we should not and could not. But if we just said yes to God, Mm. and we don't know how we get from A to Z, but if we trust God, he'll take us from A to B to C to D. And it's step by step as we keep saying yes Mm. and walking in obedience, because at the other side of our yes is God's miraculous transforming power. He's Mm. just looking for people to be obedient.
0: Yeah. On the other side of our yes is his transforming power. That's so good. That matters so much. Okay. I want to jump in to your work with one by one. I want you to tell us all about it.
1: So we named it one by one because and again it was a case of feeling overwhelmed. So yeah. often many of the nations we work in there's so much need you don't know where to start. And oh, I always wow. describe it as I'm holding a teaspoon in my hand and then attempting to empty an ocean using a teaspoon and it feels ridiculous. Yeah. Um But I can stop for one, and Felicity became my one. So to this day, when I take in girls, I'm rescuing Felicity again and again. Mm -hmm. Um, So One by One was launched as an official nonprofit, and we opened our first children's home in Kenya in 2012. We started with 42 children. We now have over 200 children in my home, but then we do a school outreach, which reaches 10,000 kids every week in Kenya. And then because of our work in Kenya, we launched an initiative called the Dignity Project. And that was because I found out kids in my village were going missing. Mm. And um, I found out it was human trafficking that was happening right on my, my doorstep. Well, up until this moment, human trafficking was somebody else's problem. I was running in my lane. I'm doing the children's home. I'm doing yeah. what God's told me to do. Human trafficking, that's somebody else's burden. But then when you find out the needs on your backyard, it's literally on your doorstep. It changed everything overnight. And I knew I had to do something. So we did a lot of research and found out that actually period poverty goes hand in hand with human trafficking because Mm. girls miss a quarter of school because for that week a month, they have to wait home in the mud hut. And so by the time she's finished primary school or elementary school, as you guys would say, mm-hmm. um, she's missed a quarter of her education and doesn't have the results to go on to high school. And sure. tragically, the traffickers know that and already target the girls at that point of being come to the city, be a cook, a cleaner, a nanny. And the girls go willingly, but they're never seen or heard of ever again. And so we launched the Dignity Project, thinking it was just for our little village in the outbacks of Kenya, and where we are, it's just mud huts. And, and then us, we're literally in the middle of nowhere. It's the real bush bush of Africa. And um, so we launched the project thinking we were just helping the local schools in our village. But again, when you say yes to God, you have no idea what lays on the other side of your yes. yes. And so the yes to help in our little local schools ended up opening doors to nations for us to go in with the Dignity Project to help girls around the world because we all know human trafficking happens in every nation, whether yeah. it's rich or poor, human trafficking is prevalent throughout. Yeah. So as a result of that, we ended up getting invited to Pakistan, a nation I never thought I'd work in, a nation I never thought I'd go to, didn't really have a heart for the place up until that point. And so went in for what I thought was going to be a four day trip as a one off to reach 1100 girls with a Dignity Project. We did it. It was amazing. Many of the girls heard the gospel message for the first time. uh, Because the beautiful thing about the Dignity Project, not only do we tell girls about their body and and female hygiene and all that and training all around the tactics traffickers will use to entice Mm -hmm. them. But actually we summed the day up with the gospel by explaining no price can ever be put on you because the highest price has been paid for you Mm. through Jesus Christ. And so we're able to bring the gospel. And because the Dignity Project is so practical, nations like Pakistan will tolerate the gospel in order to get the Dignity Project. So it's a phenomenal way of going into areas that are normally very closed off to Christianity. And um, so it was on this one-off trip that we were taken into a brick factory and I'd never heard of brick factories before. I had no idea about them. Um, But in 2018, I walked into my first ever brick factory and met hundreds of thousands of people trapped in slavery. And the thing that took my breath away was how blatant it was because human trafficking, everything's covered up because everybody knows it's wrong. But here was a slavery that was blatant. Uh, hundreds of people trapped in bonded labor so meeting children who work 14 hours a day in I got a text this week to say it was 49 degrees so that's like I don't even know what that is is it like 120 something something celsius or something just crazy heat and kids there getting no education working 14 hours a day just making bricks day in day out And so we started our second children's home in Pakistan, which is actually a safe house for kids. We've managed to pull out of slavery. Um, And so, again, just continually saying yes to Jesus. We've watched this incredible journey unfold before us. um, But it all started with just the one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just a quick break in the conversation to tell you about one of our sponsors, Primally Pure. Primally Pure is a skincare brand that uses only pure ingredients that bring real Like actual results cleansers toners body oil natural deodorants they've created all of the above and right now i am loving their cleansing oil it takes my makeup off so well you guys i think you would just love it so just for the radical radiance community they have created a coupon code for 10 percent off your first purchase site wide so go to the website today and use the code rebecca 10 with a capital r so rebecca 10 at checkout i hope you enjoy that so much and let's get back to our conversation Man, I'm blown away by that, by what God has done through that one moment in your life, right? Like that's such an incredible example of what he'll do when we say yes. And you could have never dreamt, Becky, of what God was going to do when you first opened that children's home and even what he was going to put on your heart in the trafficking world. Gosh, this is this is so cool. Okay, for somebody listening today who maybe. They're feeling a call towards working in missions, but they, they have no idea where to start, what that looks like, where to go, what to do, et cetera. All the questions you've sort of we, we've talked a little bit about like the saying yes piece. But what what other wisdom would you want to maybe encourage them with today?
1: So what I did when I, I felt the call of God when I was 18 um, to run a children's home, and I remember coming back, I was on a short term missions trip in Romania at the time and I came home and I told everybody, Yeah, thus the Lord, I'm gonna run a children's home. And um I think in my youth I thought it would happen today because yeah. God said it, so it's gonna happen right now. And at least if not tomorrow, at least this year, right? Yeah. And so I remember telling everybody and then the questions came, Well, well how and, and where? Why are you gonna book ch- a children's home? What you know, do you just book a flight somewhere and just go build something. And I remember holding on to the account of Abraham and Sarah because they'd had a promise from God too. Mm. But because nothing appearingly happened straight away, a year passes by after year, Sarah's getting older, it's becoming less and less likely for this promise to happen. And yet they knew they'd heard God. And I found myself in that exact situation where I knew I'd heard God. I knew I was going to do a children's home but actually a whole decade had passed by and nothing apparently was happening, Mm -hmm. at least on the outside. God was doing a whole lot of work on the inside to change me in order. So I think God will work on our character so that we can hold the gift he's got for us on our lives and he will spend years more than our character in order for us to hold that gift. But I held on to the promise of Abraham and Sarah that actually if I allow God to do it in his way, I'll give birth to Isaac rather than creating an Ishmael in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, waiting on God can sometimes take more faith than just going out and doing something, anything.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, it takes more faith to wait on Him so that it's really God's timing, His location, His purpose, and His plans. But in terms of practically, what did I do in that time is I served my employer faithfully, I served my local mm-hmm. church faithfully but then i would use my annual leave to do a lot of short term missions trips right. and learn from other people yep so i spent a month out in colombia learning from an incredible guy working with street kids I spent three months in Mozambique working with a phenomenal lady called Heidi Baker, who does a huge work with orphans and church planting and all kinds of wonderful things to go and learn from people already on the field. And so I often encourage people now, if you feel you've got a call on your life for missions, come with us on a short-term missions trip. Just come and serve, come and learn and see what God will do in you in those moments.
0: Yeah, this is reminding me of an event that our church held a couple months ago. So Secret Church that David, Pastor David Platt holds each year. Um, his his focus this year was really what does the Great Commission actually actually mean and how do we live that out in our lives? And one of the things that I walked away with that day that was so impactful to me and to our family was you are either you either go or you send. You're either you're either a goer or you are a sender. So what is God putting on your heart for you and your family? If it's if it's to go, then then like pray about what that looks like. If it's to send then pray about who are you going to partner with to advance the gospel? And I thought that was so important, like a just a really great way of of thinking about the Great Commission because the reality is we're not all called to go um to go to another country or to yeah. but we are all called to be a part of the Great Commission. And so Absolutely. that looks different for everybody. And so yeah. if somebody's listening today and they're like, yeah, in this season, I feel like I'm a sender. Maybe it's maybe so on the flip side, like maybe it's it's not I'm feeling called to go, but I'm feeling called to send. Tell people about like what does it look like to partner with your organization. How can we? How can we pray for you? How can we support you? Tell us all that.
1: So um, the website is a great place to for people to land on. So that's uh, onebyone.net, mm-hmm. and on there they can get information about upcoming trips. So either they can come on a trip if they want to, yeah. or if they know someone who's got a heart for it, maybe they could support someone to come out with us on a short term trip. Um, but we also um, we have people sponsor our kids, so. I've got little old ladies who are too ill to go out to the mission field, but believe me, they have a huge impact on the life of a child out there in the middle of Africa or out there in the middle of Pakistan because they've sponsored the child, but they, they can write to them. So they have a relationship. It's not just a financial transaction, but actually they genuinely invest into these children's lives. And equally with my kids, I've watched my children receive letters and photos from their sponsors. Mm -hmm. And they'll often take those photos into the church in the early morning prayer meetings and they'll start praying over their sponsor families because to them, that is their family. For many of my kids, especially in Kenya, they were either orphaned or abandoned. And so to have someone at the other side of the world choose to Mm -hmm. support them, they were chosen by someone makes them feel loved and it's the whole adoption you know just as we were adopted in Christ in the same way our kids have been chosen by people from miles away to help invest into their lives Mm -hmm. and that just it almost brings an inner healing even into them especially the ones that are abandoned brings this inner healing to them that they've been chosen and first and foremost by their heavenly father who chose them and loves them and has got this incredible plan but then also getting letters from people in England and America and different parts of the world just brings them alive. So wow. there's lots of ways people can get involved.
0: Okay. I love that so much. Okay. So let's get back to the book. Embrace the journey is out into the world. I want to hear, did, have you always wanted to write a book? How did this process, how did this process happen? I'm, I'm about to write my first book as well. So I love hearing people's stories about wow. like, how did they get into this work?
1: So for me, I didn't ever intend to write a book. In fact, out okay. of myself and my husband, my husband's the writer, not me. Um, but it was a case of, we've watched God do so many incredible things and, I wanted that documented. Yeah. I wanted to put down in black and white the wonders that God's done. My father um, my father pa- sadly passed away a few years mm-hmm. ago, but my dad actually started with Alzheimer's in his fifties. So he was very, very young to start with Alzheimer's disease. But watching his memory just fade away was yeah. so heartbreaking because it was yeah. the very thing that made him, his life circumstances, his relationships... So by the end, he had no idea who I was. He thought I was a carer. And I'm the youngest of three, so I remember visiting one day with my eldest sister, and he still Mm -hmm. remembered her, but he didn't remember me, and oh, gosh, that hurt. Um, But watching his memories fade, I think brought alive all the more so that I need to document what God's done, because I don't want to ever forget the goodness of God. And I called it Embrace the Journey because actually – Sometimes we like to dwell on the mountaintop moments, the moments of the miracles. And I've watched God do some amazing miracles from just miracles of provision to miracles of transformation. Like we've seen which which doctors give their hearts and lives to Jesus. We've watched food Mm -hmm. multiply. We've watched kids pray for the sick and see them healed. We've seen some just amazing miracles that blow my mind. And so I wanted to document them but equally, life's not just the mountaintop moments. Yeah. Life is scattered with valley moments. And we tend to shy away from sharing the valley moments because actually it's painful and it's mm. sore and it's not pleasant. But I'm determined that it's, it's often when you look back, the valley moments were the very times you began to look more like Jesus than That's your mountaintop right. top moments. And it's in the valleys and in the really challenging seasons that we are really shaped and defined and our character really begins to develop. Mm -hmm. And so I called it Embrace the Journey in terms of it's embracing the whole path that Jesus has us on, not just the exciting Instagram moments, but also the challenging tough moments too. So we've gone through seasons where my husband contracted malaria And he was told he'd only got three hours left to live. They actually stopped the medical treatment and were just giving him pain relief until he passes. And he was 27 at the time. And I remember thinking, no, this can't be. This is just wrong. Um, But God came through and did an incredible miracle. But walking through that season was difficult. And then likewise, with the birth of my own little boy, he'll be 10 in just a a week's time. Um, But when he was first born, he was very poorly and rushed on a ventilator and extremely ill. He had five major surgeries in his first year. We almost lost him twice. And so we've gone through some really challenging times where it's it's been a case of, Lord, why did it have to go this way? Why, yeah. why couldn't it have gone the way I prayed it to go? But again, as we walk in obedience, not knowing the steps ahead, not knowing how we make it to Z, but we know that if we're faithful with D and E and F, then mm-hmm. sure enough, he'll he'll keep marking the steps. And um, so I called it Embrace the Journey because it's every part of our life that God has this incredible ability of bringing even our painful, challenging moments together in order to shape us and mold us and make us more like him. And he blesses us even in the challenging stuff. Mm-hmm. We just don't necessarily see it while we're walking through it.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I am so excited about this message and just how God is going to use it to spur on other readers in their own pursuit of what God has for their lives. And so I can't wait for our listeners to get their hands on it. It's called one more time, embrace the journey. And I'm so grateful, Becky, that you would come on and share your story. What we're going to do now is go on over to our Patreon community. So for our friends who are subscribed over there, please go listen to our extra interview where we get to know Becky a little bit better. But for now, Becky, Becky, again, I just want to say a huge thank you to you. I'm just, I'm blown away by your story and what God has done through your life. And I'm so thrilled that you are sharing it with the world.
1: Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you loved that conversation with Becky as much as I did. And I hope you'll go grab her book, Embrace the Journey, today. Well, friends, we are about to enter the Christmas season, and as always, I just can't wait, and I have some of the most fun surprises to share with you. All I have to say is the 12 books of Christmas, it's back. We're bringing it back, and we have a special episode next that will introduce us to the Christmas season and what that's going to look like around here at the Radical Radiance community, so I hope you will join me then. I think that's it for me today, but... Meet me back here, same time, same place, and I will talk to you next episode.